0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Retromania! and Kicking Out at 2 presents Marking Out the Days. I'm Kobe Nida, part of the hosting squad, and I'm joined by Dave Rosenbluth, and we're here talking about Marking Out the Days. Dave, you want to give them a little preview about what this show's about?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks, Thanks once again for having me on and being a part of this. It's Definitely, I'm looking forward to it and uh, talking the history of pro wrestling. Basically, what marking out the days is going to be, it's going to be a show about, you know, important moments and maybe some not so important moments in professional wrestling history on that particular day. So this show is going to drop every single Thursday, and... Mm. This, this week is December the 27th, yes. and on this day, a lot took place in the history of professional wrestling. We had birthdays, we had some special events, some controversial moments in wrestling. Um, a lot, right? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, each and every week, every Thursday, on that particular date, we're going to run down some of the more important events and the not-so-important events in wrestling history for you, and we're just going to you know have some fun with it, like we always do.
0: Yep. And I'm glad to be I'm glad to be joined with you and kicking out at two. Uh, and I'm 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 glad that Retromania can join with you and we can be like the mega powers of podcasting. Hopefully we never explode, um, no. <laughs> but we we're here to like we're here to give you the retrospective and throwback look of like pro wrestling and just like run down like your memories and just, like, give you a feel-good, like, feeling about everything, right? Oh, absolutely. We're not going to just, like, we're not just going to shit on everything about it, you know? No,
1: it's, 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 I'm glad that you said that because it's kind of like my podcast and the, and the, the basis behind Kicking Out It too is that, like, I, I want your, your, your memories and your thoughts of, your your time as a wrestling fan growing up without the opinions of the dirt sheets and without a Dave Meltzer influencing your thoughts on what should or shouldn't be out there in the world yeah. of wrestling, what was good and what was bad. You know what I yeah. mean? I want like your actual thoughts of when Hulk Hogan... Squat or was squashed by earthquake on the Brother Love show. How did you right. feel about that? What, were, when, what, were, what was going Rick, through
0: your mind when that took place? You right know? when that's Rick what Flair, I want. when Rick Flair tried to tap out Eric Bischoff. You know, yeah. Like that's what we want. You know, like yeah. that type of like feeling of where were you? What'd you feel? Or what do you feel if you watch it now? If you didn't know what it was, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we want to bring new fans in. We want to reminisce with the old fans we want to camaraderize with the current fan so that's what we're here for man i i, I really love the um the idea of us teaming up here
1: yeah i'm definitely i mean i i've always i mean i always love talking pro wrestling and it's great to have someone like you who's like-minded, like myself, in terms of how we like our wrestling and you know what we like about wrestling and things like that. And it's it's great to have a partnership and to help spread the love of Retromania as well as kicking out at two together and and just retro throwback pro wrestling at its finest. I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I don't expect an explosion of this Mega Powers, but um, I, I expect a lot of cool, fun things and fun memories to uh, bring up as the the weeks go on here on uh marking out the days
0: i agree and oh, hold on one second dave oh that's an explosion of bear right there one man for the working man
1: oh boy we got a visitor <laughs> in the studio <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's my half-assed stone cold that's uh, all
1: right. That's all right. I, I got a f- I got a few impressions up my sleeve too that I'll uh, I'll, I'll break out. Pro- I might have a couple this week, but uh, I'll definitely you know if it, if it comes to mind and I can do it, I'll definitely give it a shot. I'll, I'll make an ass out of myself. I'm not afraid to do that.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, we can work it out. I, I'm yeah. not afraid either. Uh, <laughs> I got a good friend. Shout out to my friend Evan Cronenberg, ever uh, owner of the Savage Stash, um, authentic apparel and selling like retro. Wrestling clothing. He does a great Stone Cold uh, impression. It's awesome. So shout outs to Evan.
1: I'd love to hear it sometime because I, yeah. I, I used to I used to do a mean Steve Austin back in high school, and uh, as I've gotten older, I've lost I've lost Steve Austin a little bit, but you know I, I got I got a few up my sleeve. I'll, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I might I might surprise you this week on our debut episode. But <laughs> that's um,
0: cool. I'm ready for it. Well, you ready to get started?
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do it, brother.
0: Let's do this, man. Uh, should we start out with the birthdays? Should we like celebrate a wrestler's birthday? What ki- oh. what type of like is there a birthday theme song at all? Do we know um, anything of that?
1: You know, I mean, we'll have to think of one along the way. Um,
0: Usually, when a wrestler has a birthday, he gets attacked, right?
1: Or if it, I mean, unless it's in their hometown. But you know, we are we're not residing in anyone's hometown at the moment, so at least for these at least for these birthdays. So I mean, um I, I think uh Cesaro, China, Bart Gunn, and Goldberg are all safe this week here oh, on nice. Marking Out the Days. But um nice. yeah, I mean we can get started. Uh Cesaro, uh current SmackDown Live tag team champion in WWE. He yeah. just turned thirty eight years old today.
0: December twenty um, seventh.
1: Yes, December the 27th, Cesaro. Happy birthday to the Swiss Superman. Personally, one of my favorites currently in WWE. Uh, I'm not going to lie, didn't really know much about him during his time in Ring of Honor uh, with with Chris Hero as the Kings of Wrestling. But when he came Mm to WWE and he brought that unique style, I fell in love with it right away because it was so different. um, Yeah i i i got nothing but you know it's funny when i was on the ken reedy show we used to do a a, a segment at the end of the show called the nod of approval okay. and so it would basically consist of like if there was something that took place during the week in the world of wrestling whether we saw something on tv or if we read something you know online or whatever the case may be uh we um we would just kind of say, you know what, this week my nod of approval goes to Cesaro for that unbelievable Cesaro swing of swinging the Great Kali 87 times in the middle of the match or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. So Cesaro on the Ken Reedy Show has probably got the most knot of approvals in the Ken Reedy Show history. Oh, so wow. Um, yeah, so... The uh, Swiss but,
0: scoreman.
1: Yeah, he definitely he definitely ranked up there for sure. Yes. But yeah, I mean... Cesaro he's a stud man he's 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 unbelievable and they don't currently do enough with him but the role that he has now I I, I like him and Sheamus as a team I think it's pretty cool
0: yeah it's crazy um I I knew him from the Chris Hero and Claudio Castanoli um tag team from ROH yeah and I I more or less thought Chris Hero was the standout from that tag team And Uh lo and behold, Chris Hero didn't hold up in NXT. And uh, Claudio kind of worked his way up and had that match with Sami Zayn. A couple of them, uh, by the way. Uh, Yeah, those are amazing matches. And then I was like, wow, this guy is is a star. Um, And I always had hopes for him and Chris Hero getting back together. But it really never came to fruition, did it?
1: No, it didn't. I mean, Hero uh, became Cassius Ohno. Uh, he was let go at one point, and then they brought him back, and he's just basically been kind of like the. Um, uh, what's the best way to describe gatekeeper. Cassius Ohno? The
0: gatekeeper.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's like the. Um, he's like the. I wouldn't say he's the 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 jobber to the to the stars of NXT, but he's the he he definitely gives. Uh, you know the. The top guys that they are looking to groom, he gives them the rub, and mm-hmm. you know they they you know he's worked with uh, uh Matt Riddle and uh, a few other guys, and so oh, um, plenty of them. Yeah, Ono Ono's the experienced vet that's there to help uh, the younger guys in NXT and and develop them to when they get to the main roster. But you know, yeah, yeah C- Cesaro obviously has gone on to bigger and better things in WWE since his time from. uh, Ring of honor with them uh, the
0: bar keeps going on right now currently. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, no, they're pretty good i i, I dig them. There's not much I dig about w w e these days, but you know the I, I I dig watching them
0: thumbs up for them, right
1: yeah, absolutely <laughs> they, 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 yeah, but um as as we move on with our birthdays here, um yep. an individual who would have turned forty nine today uh the late China passing away a number of years ago um not to speak ill of the dead this may be an unpopular uh opinion here but I'll be honest with you Kobe I was not the biggest china fan yeah I didn't I did not understand the 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 dynamic and the logic at in 1997 with her pairing with 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 Hunter Hearst Helmsley I didn't get it um I understand it now and if I had my 35-year-old brain when I was, you know, 14 years old, uh, yeah. maybe I would have been able to appreciate um, what she contributed for for the, the Hunter Hurst Helmsley character at the time. And I didn't even really like her with DX. I just thought, like, it was just really odd that, like, she's this quiet, muscular chick hanging around with a bunch of jerks, yeah. you know? Like, I didn't understand it, and I, I always—I didn't really factor her in. Um I, yeah. I warmed up to her when she separated from them, Okay. and when she kind of did her own thing and her she was fighting the guys. One. Yeah, I was okay. I was cool with that. I had no issues with that. I People agree. Love, I agree. You know, but um, I you will know, say, Dave, she did... I,
0: I was probably in the same place. Um, okay, I was probably very much in the same place. Um, I yep. didn't like her beating up on Marlena, and I oh, was confused not. about her being with Triple H because I was like. Why does he need her? But now I get it. It was very heelish, you know. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to her. She she showed up and she did a couple decent matches with that icy title stuff. But yeah, it, it, like Jericho didn't speak well of her. Uh, neither did Holly. Um. But yeah, I, I guess I guess. For me I, I, I do definitely remember the Playboy. Did you get yeah. the Playboy?
1: No, I did not get the Playboy. I knew someone that did and okay. uh <laughs> like all like like all of us at that age, um we all questioned her her, right, her sexuality right. yes, or her yes, gender yes. at the time. Yep. Um we all did. Um, you know, anyone who says they didn't is full of shit.
0: Exactly.
1: And uh so I I I I scanned those pages <laughs> to to uh wonder if she was um if she was who she said she was <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, to, exactly. to, to put it kindly. And yeah, that was about it. I will say as far as, you know, towards the end of her time with uh the WWF, um I was actually optimistic about her run um as the women's champion and when she was facing Lita yeah. um, in the spring of two thousand one. I yeah. thought there was good prospects of her like being like you know the 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 big you know the big heater mm-hmm. that's just going to like run through the whole women's division and then eventually they're going to build someone to eventually face her and dethrone her as the champion you know like Good that's, call, Dave. that that's what i was kind of hoping that they were going to go with with her and then unfortunately she left and things yeah. didn't work out and she never came back but um
0: you know no i think that the was the period is, that i became lapsed i'm sorry that's like that's no, the that's period okay. that i became lapsed uh like definitely expect her, her to do bigger and better things and it was like a lot of people got injured a lot of people got yeah. fired around the same time and it just like a lot of changes came in wwe within like a year or two and it just like it shook a lot of fans off you know
1: yep yeah, yeah. absolutely and especially but, you know-
0: not going with her
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, to to put a period on the end of the sentence when it comes to China. I, I don't take away her contributions, um, and what she was able to do, what she was able to accomplish during her time. Um, I and if we're gonna answer the question, does does she deserve a nod in the WWE uh, Hall I of Fame? I was just
0: gonna I, ask you a question, Mark.
1: I, I mean, <laughs> i You know what I. <laughs> In the last several years, the individuals that they've put in that Hall of Fame, I look at, every, I look at the WWE Hall of Fame as basically like a lifetime achievement award. Agreed. Um, just, about, just about anybody gets in. Yeah. Um, and I've always gone back to, well, if Coco Beware could get in, then anybody could get in. So, Agreed. Okay. Um, I, I mean, for her contributions and what she, was, what she was able to do during that time period when women's wrestling... Not you know mm-hmm. the women valleys, but when women's wrestling was a wasn't a big thing on WWE television, she she helped kind of usher that in a little bit. Right. So especially I would, by I
0: would, pinning the men, you know. Yeah. yeah, she
1: she made she made the women feel important on the yeah. show um, with her presence. So yeah, I guess you could say she she does deserve a spot in in the WWE Hall of Fame for her contributions, and and that's how I feel about China.
0: I would definitely agree with you. All right, moving on to the birthday list. Bart Gun, Bart Gunn. <sighs> smoking gun. The only smoking gun left? <laughs> as yeah. As far as, like, the other one still firing?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's up to. I mean, I've... Last time I... I think the last time I heard he was involved in wrestling, I believe he made a convention appearance he did like a convention of some sorts I want to say it might have been WrestleCon a few years ago um, during Wrestlemania weekend but I'm not 100% sure Um,
0: I can see that
1: what's your take on Bart Gunn what do you you remember him most for the
0: the lesser of the two I always was a Billy fan Um, okay same here until the the brawl for all yep where I knew it was shoot, you know, like even at my yeah. young age, I was like, wow, I know this shoot. Um, he goes into the match with Butterbean and I'm like, man, he may have a chance. Boy, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> and then like after that, it was just he was just buried and then never came back. And I just um, I thought about him frequently. I was a Bart Gun like uh, Mark. I was a guy okay. for the underdogs.
1: Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I'll be honest, um you know, Smoking Guns, they weren't bad. They were a solid tag team during a time period where tag team wrestling was not very important in the in the WWE. No, I uh, agree. The, bra- the brawl for all concept um was a, 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 I think on paper it wasn't bad. I mean, I know it was very dangerous what those guys went through, and a lot of people scratched their heads as to why they ever did that, but it created opportunities for guys that didn't really get a chance to showcase their abilities and, yeah. and see them in a different light. And Bart Gunn went from being you know bomba- or bodacious Bart of the New Midnight yes. Express with Bob Holly to then... <laughs> Knocking Bob Holly out in that brawl for all, and really making a name for himself, mm-hmm. and that was during a time period where MMA was starting to creep in a little bit in the late nineties. Culture, yeah, yeah, and then and then the you remember the Tough Man competitions that oh, they used to have, do. Yep. yeah, that that I used to be a big deal. That like mix of boxing,
0: I, I think that's and I why I for last sure to it would have been a good
1: burn. idea. What's that? I'm sorry. I think
0: that's why I latched on to Bark Gun, you know, because that yeah. little mix of that toughness and that that realism, because that yeah. was coming of age, you know, mm-hmm. right? of that era.
1: Yeah. No, I mean he's. It, it was it was a good opportunity for him. I think they put him in a terrible position with the whole Butterbean thing. Oh. Um, I mean, he had they had the opportunity to he had an opportunity to stand out and do something on his own. And, uh, unfortunately after that WrestleMania, when Butterbean just basically turned him into a bobblehead doll, uh, <laughs> you know, there was really nothing else that they could do with him at that point. Um, I don't know what he did after that. I want to say he might've worked some Indies, maybe worked in Japan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could be wrong. I didn't really do a ton of research on, on Bart gun, but, uh, yeah most memorable for me is obviously his time in the smoking guns and then of course the uh the the infamous uh brawl for all when it came to bart but yeah that's that's about it for me when it comes to bart gun
0: yeah um happy birthday bart gun uh blow out the candles hope it's not a peanut butter cake <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh boy, oh boy. As we as we continue the uh the birthday celebrations, probably the most notable name on this list, who we're also going to discuss later um in this list. Uh Goldberg. Yeah. Ooh. Um He he turns 52 years old today, so happy birthday to the the man, the man, Bill Goldberg. Not to be confused with the man, Becky Lynch. the man, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> um yeah, Goldberg was Shit, Goldberg was cool, man. I, yeah. I I dug Goldberg. You know the the streak, and and we'll talk more about that. You know, and, were you as, into as, it at
0: the beginning, or did you latch on near the mids, or like? Wh- tell me about um like, you coming to find Goldberg.
1: Okay, I wasn't big on it in the beginning. Okay, but I you saw like it, want, right? Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw yeah, the beginning yeah. where you know the, he. Be hugh morris and then they did the interview and he didn't talk and then he was right. going through guys week after week and right. they were trying to find a place for him mm-hmm. um and i wasn't really i wasn't really into it and then i want to say it was the match with raven when he beat raven for the tit- the u.s title and i just remember how loud that crowd was when he like speared raven and he went through most of those guys in the flock yeah and i was like wow he's cool like he's a superhero like i was a teenager but i was like wow like he's pretty badass
0: yeah you know
1: and it then like it it just kind of grew from there so um i was definitely behind the uh the streak and uh i wasn't mad when it was ended and we will discuss that at length at, at later on but um yeah goldberg uh it seemed like um after that streak ended it was really they kind of cooled his jets and i wasn't mm-hmm. the biggest fan of his wwe run in 2003 um and but i will say i was glad that he kind of got to right that wrong when he came back uh uh, last year or the okay. year before, and he did the stuff with Brock. I thought that was right. pretty cool, and they 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 accentuated his positives and they camouflaged a lot of his negatives yes. um, to to make him look good. But it was it was done pretty well, and I didn't think he was going to be as popular coming back uh, as he was. You know, when when he did return, I really didn't think the I thought the people were either going to forget about him or they were going to shit all over him. I didn't think that the people were still going to be chanting Goldberg. I really didn't, and I, I thought it was cool, so hats off to him.
0: I agree. Um, yeah, definitely, like, a huge return in, like, 2000, what, 16, 17?
1: Yep. 16 Survivor Series with Brock.
0: Jesus, dude. Um, yeah, it wasn't something that I was, like, um, looking forward to because I was... Not a Goldberg guy. I did appreciate him squashing people and everything. Um, yep. And, like, that run up to, like, his undefeated streak. But, you know, it was, like, it got mixed up once he, like, got the title and then had to surrender the U.S. title. They, they kind of mixed up his run a little bit. He could have climaxed a little better. Um, okay. But they rushed it, I think. With the Hogan thing, but it was still a sight to see that night because I didn't know it was coming because I was one of those guys that was a live flipper, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a great moment, a markout moment, uh, honestly. Um, But yeah, in the later days, I really think Kevin Owens could have been given more in the match that they had, but otherwise his whole run was great.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of, like, Owens being sacrificed to him. And I, I even said this to a number of people. I didn't think Goldberg and Brock needed to be for the belt. I really didn't.
0: I um, agree. It, did, I, it didn't I, need that strap.
1: Yeah. it No, I don't think it was needed at all. I thought Jericho and Owens needed that belt more than anything because that belt were, at times was integral in – their issues that they were going through, not necessarily Jericho wanting to be the universal champion, but Jericho helping Owens keep the title at that time. No, so I, agree. I, or I even I if think...
0: Jericho had the title and Owens was chasing for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just
1: didn't think why, they put they put the belt on Goldberg so that they can get that heroes kind of pop and and then they have him go to WrestleMania only for him to drop it to Lesnar. I just didn't think that there was any need for for that match to be for the title. It was big enough as it is. You know the story was that Brock couldn't beat Goldberg and this was you know the third time that they were gonna mix it up. So
0: yeah, if they told the I, story better, it 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 could have panned out that way, but they told that story well enough that they didn't need the title. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you, th- I, I think they just... It, it was just a misplacement of the title. It happens now frequently.
1: Did, now, did you think he deserved a Hall of Fame nod, and what did you think of his Hall of Fame speech? Did
0: you see it at all? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see the Hall of Fame speech, but I definitely... <clears throat> I can say, yeah, the guy deserves it with everybody else who's in nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a nice streak, and that run that he had was very pivotal to the money that WCW raked in that year. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, on, the, on a, a recent edition of uh, 83 Weeks, they were discussing... Um, how uh, how show business and merchandise sales were up significantly when Goldberg was the champion.
0: Oh, I um, remember. Like yeah, it was I, just it was like huge. everybody was talking more about WCW once he came around. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I he was there. He aside from Sting and Diamond Dallas Page, he was probably their biggest organically built star within that company. I agree. Um, and and they. They didn't take care of enough of his uh, his brand, so to speak. But um, Goldberg has a place in wrestling history, and I'll be honest with you: after the success that he had with the run in WWE a couple of years ago, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back to do a one-off with like a Roman Reigns or a Braun Strowman, uh, you know, kind of give those guys the rub a little bit, like a would, you one
0: know. more match thing. He's like, yeah. I know I can win it all when it's all in the line. I'm like where it delivers. And then somebody else is like, no, like that's the Roman rain spot, right?
1: Yeah, or I mean, or or even like he if he was a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, you know what I mean? Like if they put him in the in the Royal Rumble and don't advertise that he's gonna be there, because that's yeah. the big thing. Is that like I understand? I like, mean, you I know. loved
0: that Royal Rumble spot that they had with Taker and him.
1: That was cool. That I did. I did very dig that. Cool, man. yeah. I dig that. I yeah, wouldn't I,
0: I... mind the Taker and him match. Um. <laughs> If, I don't know. If I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fa- i'm yeah. I'm kind of on the
1: fence when it comes to the two of them. Like, I'd much rather see a guy of Goldberg's age and physical ability be in the ring with someone who can work around his limitations, as opposed to putting him in there with someone like an Undertaker who has physical limitations himself due to years and years of injuries and his age. No disrespect intended, but you know, it's it's the truth. Um yeah, that's where I s that's where I stand with Goldberg. But if he were to come back, like I said, I can get behind a Strowman Goldberg match, I can get behind a Goldberg Roman Reigns match. Yeah. Um I've I but I don't know I mean I don't know. I think the best we got with Goldberg and Undertaker was that spot in the Rumble. That's just my take.
0: I agree. It might it might only come down to that. Um but that would be something cool if they they should have done that like 10 years ago.
1: Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That's just armchair quarterbacking, but that's not what we do here. All right. Let's go down the list. Who's next in the birthday list?
1: No, that's it, man. We, 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 we wish yeah, everybody covered... farewell. Yep. Everyone, everyone, uh, you know, happy birthday. Uh, you know, with <clears throat> the except, obviously, China not being with us any longer, but um, happy birthday, Cesaro. Bart Gunn and Goldberg.
0: Berg. I'm watching them come out right now as I'm on the screen simultaneously while I'm podcasting with you.
1: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Multitasking and podcasting. That's uh, <laughs> that, Maybe we can make that into a t-shirt when, yeah. we, when, when uh, marking out the days becomes a big deal someday. There
0: we but, go. Um, Let's but, mark uh, out the rest of this day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm down with it. Um thirty one years ago on this very day, thirty one years ago, um New Japan Pro Wrestling saw an individual debut by the name of Big Van Vader. It's Va- time. It's Vader time. Yeah. yeah. Vader uh debuted um yeah, let me find the
0: the dude. The, it, the, the... it was a crazy little video. We're gonna post the video. We're gonna we're gonna share the video link of his debut um, in our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and everything for the info and everything. But uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty dangerous. Like comes out with that fucking that what's that like that gray. Silver like skull, mastodon, the horns. Yeah, the time. horns. Yeah,
1: that thing's impressive. That oh, thing I is is it. really impressive. Yeah, I
0: love it. Um, just very like, just very impressive entrance. All I can say. And then he has a that mask over it, and then eventually throughout the match, the match he loses his mask but he still stays strong. And it's about what? 7 minutes?
1: Yeah, he, uh, so uh, Antonio Inoki defeated Ricky Choshu by disqualification and then Vader made an impromptu debut <laughs> as a part of the Takashi Puriso Gundam Stable. I uh-huh. hope I pronounced that correctly. Mm-hmm. That was that was that hurt my throat just trying to say that. And um <laughs> Vader attacked Anoki and demanded a match with him and beat him decisively in just about 3 minutes. Um, and it was a big deal in uh in uh um in New Japan Pro Wrestling because Anoki rarely lost and then when he did and to he Vader he hardly it,
0: sold either.
1: He he lost very decisively. And so it really um it really set the tone for what was to come with Vader in his time in, uh, you know, in not only in Japan, but then as he made his way to the States. Now, I'll be honest with you, kind of like Cesaro, didn't watch Vader's Japanese stuff, didn't know who the fuck he was until probably 1992, I believe, when I first saw him wrestle Sting in WCW. Yeah, and, we'll get to
0: where I got introduced to Vader.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, an impressive Underrated big man, someone who should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Some of my fondest memories growing up as a wrestling fan watching Vader were when he was just destroying guys and having great matches with Sting and Cactus Jack, and I mean, uh, you know, we we can go on and on when it comes to the man they call Vader. But you know, tell me, tell me what what your take is on Vader, your first introduction to the uh, the man they call Vader.
0: Well, I I mean, honestly, the first introduction that I got to him was before the WWF. Um, I saw him on Saturday Night WCW stuff and, like, a few of their, like, recap shows around 93, 94 era. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I didn't know that he was as huge of a star as he was, of course. Like, um... Around ninety-seven, I'm I'm ten years old, so <laughs> my knowledge into the wrestling business is nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. But looking back on it now, like he came in like a beast. He wore down Inoki, and he came in as the Gaijin and took the world heavyweight title, and then was a beast throughout the next two or. Two or, two or three years, uh-huh. within their promotions. So uh, yeah, just a a great dude, um, and that that just coming in and like beating him up afterwards is just more of the heel note. Like yep, you you, you got to be scared of the guy. I mean, honestly, you're scared of him already, but of course because he comes in after like new japan is always good for that they do that after a main event and then they introduce a guy you know yep yeah um i i kind of like that
1: i mean it 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 really enhanced like the the bully part of his character where he just kind of came in and like picked the bones off of you know the 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 guy that was hurt
0: oh i agree uh, yeah kind of kicked him when
1: he was down um you know Vader played that bully really well but he also played that big badass really well too because he was such a imposing figure. If you ever want to watch a very physical Vader match, you go on go to the WWE network and watch um I believe it's Wrestle War 91. It's his I think it's his debut match in WCW. He wrestles Stan Hansen. And you wow. want to talk about a a, a brawl like these two guys beat the shit out of each other um (laughs) i believe i believe it's wrestle war 91 i watched it uh, a few months back right um and uh i was like just impressed at like how how much you know punishment these guys are giving each other and of course this was i watched this knowing after the fact that um stan hansen popped vader's eye out in japan a few years prior right so uh um it was, uh, it, it was quite interesting to watch And uh, I was thoroughly entertained Sometimes, you know, wrestling doesn't always have to be the prettiest for me And it could just, you know, be very realistic And down and dirty and gritty And that was what Vader and Hanson was at Wrestle War 91
0: Yep, that's exactly what it was um, So, continuing on um, Should we go with the Vader theme? And what's his next feat?
1: Yeah, I mean, on this date, uh, 25 years ago, we've reached the silver anniversary on this date. Uh, WCW Starcade, the 10th anniversary in 1993 from Charlotte, North Carolina. And the main event was Vader defending the WCW World Heavyweight Championship against the Nature Boy Ric Flair. And this was a match that was originally supposed to be Vader and Sid for the title however um sid had uh been fired from wcw after that altercation overseas with Arn anderson in the hotel uh, classic they both,
0: story uh, if you yeah, don't know they, it you should
1: yeah um i mean the i'll give you the cliff notes basically they got into an altercation physically in a hotel and um both guys uh were stabbing each other with pairs of scissors um <laughs> and uh Arn Anderson kept his job and uh Sid went packing and so the original idea was supposed to be Vader and Sid according to the rumor the rumor mill out there and they slotted Flair in kind of at the last minute and they did the retirement storyline where Flair lost he had to retire and uh I just watched that match today by the way yeah. and it was a lot of fun to watch it. That crowd was white hot Dude, for that the match. Whole like I
0: show was built around flair.
1: Everything.
0: Yeah. Yep. All, everybody in that building was just waiting for it. Yeah. It was oh, amazing. I,
1: I I loved I loved how they um how they started where they had gene oracle and pick flair up from his home and he kissed Mm -hmm. his wife and kids goodbye and then they're in the limo and they're talking about flair's career and they just you know they built and built and built the importance of this match for flair and like i said this was done in a short period of time you know uh it was they i think they only had like a month to really prepare for this Um, yeah and it wasn't it wasn't very long it wasn't a major build up. The the two of them didn't really have much interaction on on television with each other prior to it. So uh, yeah, just the match was great too. You want you want to hear a funny story? Um, I was Shoot. I was watching the um, I was listening to uh, Tony Schiavone's WHW uh, What Happened When mm-hmm. podcast, and they did a watch along of Starcade '93, and um, Conrad tells a story from Ric Flair's book flair says that when he was in the match and you probably saw it um there was one point vader's in the corner and he's he's firing off live rounds yeah. like to the head
0: yeah like yeah. just he's flair. elbows too
1: yeah elbows and and, forearms, and rights yeah. and lefts and forearms and at one point in and I, I read this in flair's book but conrad tells the story he, he does it he does it justice he says that uh um harley race uh was in the corner when uh, you know Flair was getting mauled, and Harley Race goes, "If you don't fight back from, I'm you know, no, no. he says, he says, "If you don't start
2: fighting back and hitting Leon, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you in the locker
0: room." <laughs> <laughs> and, I can see him and, doing that with his little f- mustache that he had. Yeah.
2: On God's green earth, (laughs) I'm a seven-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion.
0: There you go, Dave. (laughs) Did you yeah, practice told you any I, cigarettes or no? No. Well, you
1: know the funny th- the funny thing is, <laughs> I used to smoke years and years ago. So I, I've been, I've quit six years strong. But uh, nice. yeah, that that's that's my best Harley race. Uh, so yeah, basically Harley race told Flair in the corners like, if you don't fight back, he's gonna you know he's, he's gonna, gonna, gonna take advantage. You up, Le- yeah. Leon Leon's gonna bully you, so you better. And Flair fought back, and it was ju- it was just a great match. It told a great story of you know Flair. You know, coming from underneath and and fighting for his career and like I said, it was in Charlotte. That crowd was red hot, man. It was just it was a lot of fun. I I didn't I didn't remember how good that match was till I watched it earlier today. It was a lot of I know. fun.
0: I agree. It was one of the like best things he has ever done. One of the best things that WCW has ever done. I think. Um, yeah. Just the the peak of WCW because it was for their title as well as like later the NWA title would be uh mixed up with that. But let's not forget like Steve Austin and Dustin Rhodes on that card.
1: Two out of three falls, Dude, right? Dude,
0: what a match, right?
1: Yeah, uh, that was great.
0: Steve Austin gets the victory because Dustin throws him over the top rope, DQ for the first one. And then second, he gets him in a, like, a little small package. So Steve Austin is away with the sneaky win. Uh, It's crazy. We also get Road Warrior Hawk and Sting teaming up, defeating the Nasty Boys, becoming, well, not becoming, but, like, winning the match via disqualification for the tag team titles.
1: Yeah. That was that was a fun match, but I thought that match went a little too long. So
0: long, right?
1: Yeah, I thought like if they shaved off about five, maybe even ten minutes of that, and added that to Steamboat and Regal earlier in the night, yes, that would have been ideal. Because I thought Steamboat and Regal was really getting going, and then it just ended. Yeah, it was like very quick.
0: Let's get to that. Uh Steven Regal and Steamboat went to a time limit draw for the WCW World Television Championship. I loved this match and I knew it was going to a draw just because I know the booking at the time. You can just feel mm-hmm. it. Um yep. I'm I mean, plus that was a that was a prevalent finish around that time, right?
1: time limit draws for the TV title yeah that seemed to be very standard especially for the television title because you had the the, the TV time limit like if like I remember a lot of matches on WCW Saturday night or WCW Pro
0: or folks worldwide. we gotta go and we'll be right yeah. back next week
1: yeah tape machines are still rolling whatever you you miss you you'll catch it on WCW Power Hour <laughs> tomorrow morning, you know, like, it was very, like, you you always got that vibe, like, so, when, like, a TV title match, like, when they would say they're going, like, 30 minutes, like, I, I'd i be like, oh, well, I'm going to have to catch the rest of this tomorrow, because it's not going <laughs> to, they're yeah. going to go the full, you know, they're, they're going to go the full 30 minutes, and then we're going to be at the end of the show, but if they were, like, 10-minute title match, like, TV title matches, I'd be like, ooh. I'd get a little more excited for it because I knew that in the 10 minutes, like you couldn't go to a draw, but well, in this case, they what did. were
0: your thoughts on this? Like, did you watch this as a kid? Did you follow along or were you aware of this at the time?
1: Um, I watched, I watched a little bit of WCW as a kid at this time. Um, I caught it when I could, um, you know, my, my, my wrestling fandom was strong as a kid, but, um, my parents tried to curb a lot of that. Uh, not because of course, they, as they always not do. Be- yeah. Cause you know, they wanted me to do other things too. And that's fine. Like I, I don't <laughs> hold that against my parents whatsoever. They did want uh, you
0: to start a wrestling podcast, dude.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I guess not. But, um, <laughs> you know, they, they did the job on that deal. I'll tell you that right now. Um you know uh, i I went over Uh, (laughs) and when it when it comes to you know me and my parents and my podcast streams. but um uh at the time i i would catch whatever i could with wcw was the saturday night programs or uh sunday with the main event um this is like the pre-nitro days uh so um you know, I didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot. And then when my parents would let me watch my wrestling, it was a lot of times it was Saturday mornings when WWF was on. Right. And wrestling challenge and superstars and things like that. So um, I didn't follow this storyline at the time. But um, I followed the Flare Invader one when I was a kid. I remember following that one. Um, but I didn't follow um, uh, Steamboat and Regal. At, the, at this time, but watching it earlier today, like I said, it was a fun match to watch. I felt like it was really starting to pick up, and then they just to
0: a They just did that second gear, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: It just, uh, I, I thought, like I said, if you shaved off five or ten minutes off that tag team title match and you put it on the TV title match, I think it would have been a really damn good match.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, one more notable match from this card is the WCW International Heavyweight Championship match between Rick Rude and The Boss? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is like WWF all over again, and that's why I was confused as a kid because I remember now why I got mixed up watching these. Um, I was watching WCW like Saturday Night's And then watching WWF like Superstars Saturday and then like Primetime maybe if it was still on. But I was mixing them up thinking that they were all one corporation because I was seeing Rick Rude on my television now. I was seeing The Boss. I was also seeing Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the near future. And then from there, Hulk Hogan, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I was very yeah. confused as a youth
1: um i remember I remember as a youth, I didn't like that they called the big boss man the boss because I knew him as the big boss man, right, and I just thought. <laughs> I just thought, well, why can't they call him the big, I, I mean, I was, it was, 1993, I was 10 years old, I, I, I was just trying to rationalize it in my 10 year old brain, like, why can't they just call him the big boss man, don't they know, he's the big boss man from the WWF, why <laughs> Why does he have to just be the boss, like, yeah. Rick Rude, he's still ravishing Rick Rude, and he was ravishing Rick Rude at SummerSlam 1990, why is he, you know, why does he get to keep his name, like, I, like little things like that, like, that was how my brain operated when it came <laughs> to stuff as a kid. You know, like when they do you remember when they brought when, when WCW brought Nails in?
0: Oh my and god. And they called him,
1: and they called him the prisoner. The prisoner. Like that was probably the first time in my brain where I was like, All right, that's stupid. Yeah. Like at 10 years old, I was like, that's dumb. Like, and, and I didn't normally think that, but like, I was like, no, that's stupid. He's nails. He's not, I mean, yeah, no shit. He's a prisoner. He broke out of jail, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and beat up the big boss man, you know. And it, like, <laughs> I just didn't understand, like, the logic behind it. Here's another thing that's stupid about that name, the boss. And we're kind of backtracking here a little bit, but do you remember when. He wrestled Vader at Spring Stampede 1994, and oh, he got no. disqualified. No. So, all right. So they, okay. so they had. Listen to this. You got to listen to this stupid.
0: I, may, I might, but I, I, I eliminate the dumb stuff.
1: Okay. Well, this is how, this this is how dumb this was. Okay. So he had this match with Vader at Spring Stampede 94. He was he went into the match as the boss, and I forget the finish, but they they. The nightstick was involved, and Harley Race got involved, and the bell rang and whatever, you know, the match was over, and I think Vader won by disqualification, or maybe it was a double DQ. I don't remember the whole story. Anyhow, Nick Bockwinkle was the figurehead commissioner of WCW at the time, and he is chewing boss's big boss man's ass out in the locker room, (laughs) and they got it on camera, and then he decides that, you are no longer allowed to use the name The Boss, and you're oh, no so longer he's allowed. He's the guardian to, angel, to, right? And that's how he changed to the guardian angel. I'm like, but ah. at at 11, year, at 11 years old, I'm trying to yeah. rationalize this. And this is where I'm like, how can you tell someone that they can't be that name? Like, first, it's dumb enough as it is that you, you wouldn't call him the big boss man, but now you're telling him because he used his nightstick in a match that, oh, boy, you're no longer allowed to be the boss. Come up with a new name. Like, I just thought that was the silliest thing at 11 years old, and I was like, yeah, there's a reason can why you, I don't watch that much WCW. Cue <laughs>
0: copyright tutorial song. Well, yeah. <laughs> you better know about these copyrights. Boy, you can name this thing. Yeah, just like going on about like taking names from everybody and yeah
1: i just thought it was ridiculous so um as far as not and, and yeah we really went off the rails here with that one, but uh <laughs> but, as far uh, as rick, rick Rude and the boss i i fast forwarded through that match just because of the fact that they still called him the boss and at 35 i think that's unacceptable
0: yeah it was <laughs> like a typical wwf like um Back and forth how show match. Uh each guy got the, the greatest hits and uh yeah, ended in a schmazz anyhow. But uh oh, overall th- overall thoughts of Starcade ninety three?
1: Um it wasn't a bad show. I thought it was a solid show. It was obviously a very heavily hyped one match show with um. With, it was all uh, about flare. the flair, yeah. Flare invader i would i could have done without um Shockmaster and uh the awesome kong or the the king kong or whatever the wherever that match was mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i mean i even kind of dug the cactus jack max paint against uh tech slashinger and shanghai pierce match i didn't think that was bad
0: not too um, bad
1: right it was a nice little brawl that kind of like you know changed things up but yeah that was starcade 93 I'd give it, and I don't do Dave Meltzer ratings. I just go based on one out of you know one through ten. I'd probably give Starcade ninety three a seven or an eight because the main event and the build up to it was that good.
0: I would do about a six. Um, Okay, the matches were below par on what you would expect, but the main event blew it out. Uh, But it was all based off that main event. Man, they were like. From beginning to the end they were going off that main event. And uh, once that happened it was awesome. Um, yeah. just because it was the tenth anniversary of Starcade and it was 11, the eleventh victory for Ric Flair. So, um very, very memorable moment. Definitely um, oh. I I would give that a I would give that a six though. Not my not my favorite. Um Yeah. We'll see how we go along the card.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and Stark, you know, like you said, main event really helped it. The undercard kinda um was okay. But then you go the following year on this date, December the twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four. Starcade 1994, yeah. Where the under at least from my perspective, watching it, the undercard was better than the main event.
0: I agree. I agree. You,
1: I mean, the opening match with Vader and Duggan for the U.S. title
0: blew me with out Vader the wall. Vader coming out the victor. Yeah, I didn't
1: expect that match to be any good, and it was, it was a, da- I
0: It was a horse match.
1: Yeah. But it was it was a good match, yeah.
0: Yeah, they were putting it all on the line. These guys are going back and forth, uh, stiff blows, clotheslines, power slams, suplexes, everything you want and like. Guys that are nearing or plus three hundred pounds, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. It, I was surprised at some of the stuff that they were doing, but. Um... It was it was definitely a a fun match and I didn't think that that would be a good match to open the show but they they definitely delivered. Um and some of the other move, high
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Some of the other high points of the show um I'm trying to think uh, I mean the Alex Al- Wright
0: and and John Paul Levesque, who we know as now is Triple H. That yeah, was, that was
1: that was a pretty good match.
0: Yeah. Not too bad.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Um the uh, the Johnny B Bad Arn Anderson match, despite the fact that it was very impromptu, because uh, Honky Tonk Man pulled a no show and then was fired from WCW. Did you ever get that story?
0: Uh, somewhat. Go go through it for me.
1: So I guess he was. So the the original match was supposed to be Honky Tonk Man and Johnny B Bad for the WCW TV title and the which story would, that which
0: would sell a lot of tickets right
1: yeah i oh there's there's definitely going to be a lot of butts in the seats um that's for sure <laughs> um and uh anyhow so this barn burner of a match that was supposed to take place never took place because according to um uh eric Bischoff on an episode of uh, his 83 weeks podcast uh honky-tonk man did not want to do the job to johnny B. bad and he said i'm done he's like i'm not going out there and so then bischoff said all right well you're fired and um literally that was like moments before (laughs) the uh the match itself and then they 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 stuck Arn anderson out there and it was a it was a it was a good match considering it was on short notice um not the greatest match but considering that you know those two guys probably didn't have enough time to prepare. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was solid, good effort from both guys. I mean, it's Arn Anderson. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he's one of the all-time greats in, in my opinion. The the greatest to never be the world champion.
0: Oh, of but course. Uh, I agree.
1: That's another discussion for another day. Uh, yeah, and then Sting and Avalanche. That was a fun match. Sting played the, you know, the the, the smaller guy to to Avalanche Earthquake really well.
0: Hold um, up a second, Dave. You can't. Just skip over Mister T defeating Kel- Kevin Sullivan.
1: I I tried, but <laughs> you, you you got me. I mean, it's Mister <laughs> because...
0: T in WCW in 1994 yeah. December.
1: That is yeah yeah. I mean, honestly, going back and watching this, I forgot that that match happened. I really did. Same here. I forgot that I forgot that they that they that they did that nonsense. Same here. Um. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I, I forgot it so much that when they when they hyped it up and they had both guys come out and the bell rang, I was like, all right, I'm gonna fast forward through this one because yeah. I know there's a lot more worse to come. But and Kevin I was, Sullivan I was right. did a
0: good job of beating him down, and I guess Mr. T just sold the whole time. Uh, if that counts as selling, by just being on all fours and like heaving and like having your shirt caught up in your boxing gloves it was yeah just I, i'm ridiculous and then dave sullivan comes in for the the assisted victory like
1: dave sullivan oh my god yeah that's a blast from the past wow
0: and then yeah mr t wins the match and it's just <sighs> just zero celebration i mean i know mr t is like past his prime at this point so why do it um i i don't remember this as a kid at all i don't remember mr t being involved in wrestling again as a kid at all he was um mania
1: (laughs) so he was he was the um he was the guest referee for hogan flair at halloween havoc 94 um in the cage
0: so two months before this
1: and then yeah 2 months before this match this abomination and then they brought him out for this um and he did the thing with Kevin Sullivan and like i said i fast forwarded through it because i judging by how you've just described your your viewing of the match i'm glad i fast forwarded through uh <laughs> Sullivan and Mr. T and then we get to the the, the main event oh. the 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 WrestleMania dude, of
2: WCW Starcade yeah the
0: my brother dude his name is Leslie. Whoa, first name Ed. Uh, he he deserves the title shot. He's beaten.
2: Uh, uh, uh. Dude, who's he beaten? Who is he beaten?
0: What? What? Like, where did this come from?
1: So, do you remember how this came about?
0: They played. Do I need off to refer- of, Yeah, they played off of everything from WWF.
1: Well, yeah, the friendship and um, and then they did the whole. You know, they did. He was the masked man that after they did yes. the top Ta- Tanya Harding angle. Yeah, where he where he where he clubbed his knee and uh, you know. And you know, I know who that tough-
0: is, right? That's the Butcher.
1: Oh, that's another thing too. <laughs> so, like, I obviously that. that this is a you, you, as you find out over time with me, there's going to be some weird little things that I'm going to gripe about that you're going to be like, what the heck is this guy thinking? But I agree. It was like, you. like the boss, like I didn't like the fact that he wasn't called the big boss man. Right. I had a similar issue with the butcher. Yeah. And no, I, I was like, he is Brutus. He may not be Brutus the Barber Beefcake, but when Hogan referred to him as Brother Brutus, I was like, well, "What's wrong with Brother Brutus?" Or maybe right. Brother
0: Brutai. Brutus the Butcher, yeah, yeah
1: or Brutus. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I just yeah. wasn't like, no, I, I, I agree. wasn't a big fan of it. Didn't make him. But, uh,
0: it made him more cheesy. It made him to the caliber of the Avalanche.
1: Yeah, and what made that? What made this match uninteresting? Not only because it was Hogan and Beefcake in the main event um was the fact that they were hyping up Randy Savage's eventual arrival yeah at some point during the match and he was either going to slap Hogan in the face or he was going to
2: shake his hand and it's
0: always the WCWA way, though to like they're booking they're booking ahead right to where it makes sense but then they're bringing up the booking to where it doesn't make sense. If that makes sense, yeah. you know?
1: Yep, yep. No, I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, I was, I as a kid, I didn't order this pay-per-view. I didn't watch this pay-per-view as a kid, but I was, as a kid, I didn't care about Hogan and Butcher. No. I cared about what Savage was going to do. Yep. Because it was more interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it was, and it was, it was something fresh. And when I saw the highlights on WCW Saturday Night, that. Um, Hogan and Savage had reunited And Savage was not going to join The three faces Mm, of fear
2: Uh huh You know I'm gonna either slap him in the face Or I'm gonna shake his hand You better shake my hand dude You know something brother I'm gonna tell you right now Dude I'm I'm reaching it out right now dude Well I don't know if I'm Did you wash your hands first I Uh, got It's (laughs) 99.9% percent antibacterial, dude Oh, so you got the Purell, huh uh-huh. right? You know what, now I'm thinking, uh-huh. thinking, thinking, maybe Come a little on, bit longer. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, you got me, okay. all right, brother. I'm going to spit in my hand. All right. <laughs> oh. oh, wait, huh? That, yeah. That's 98 point percent, not 99. Oh, so uh, you just spit your hand, huh <laughs> I got to wash my hand again, dude. Yeah, yeah, you do, Uh uh-huh Why you think Uh, I wear, uh, you know, wraps around my hands, Uh uh-huh I don't have bare hands anymore, you know what I mean? Brother, I tell you, Rady Savage is hard to deal with Yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, you damn really am How many, you know, ask Elizabeth Elizabeth, she knows all about how difficult I can be, Uh uh-huh Hold on
0: (coughs) Because the spit ran out my hand and down my wrist So I spit in it again You still ready for the shake?
2: Uh, You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, I can always take a shower later. All right, brother. Here we go. Okay, well, next week. (laughs) All
0: right. Okay. All right, so Hogan. Hogan and the Butcher. It's just Chop City, right?
1: It's and nothing. double axe handles.
0: Yes. <laughs> and it was just everything they dreamed about. Like they talked about that match probably for like a week. And he was just like, Well dude, I'll get you with uh, the uh the uh the the double axe handle and uh you'll get up and uh and uh bounce off the ropes and then maybe give me the high knee." <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, it's just like like
1: And and the ironic part about that conversation, it probably all took place on Hogan's boat in their Speedos.
0: <laughs> While traveling at like hundred and twenty yeah. miles an hour, so you can hardly yeah. hear it. Yeah. yeah. Uh terrible match. Uh terrible main event for a Starcade. Why would they ever go in this direction? Ted Turner. That's why and Hulk uh, Hogan. that's why right yeah
1: i mean yeah i i think hogan had a lot more to do with that than anything else i mean yeah. um i'm sure hogan wanted to you know i, I will say this and i've heard uh, in many of interviews with other wrestlers when it comes to you know hogan's politicking and the, the his uh reputation for being a a a politician in the locker room. He takes care of the people that back him up. He takes care of the people that, that are loyal to him. He's loyal to other people. So, Now, I was very loyal to my wrestling and WCW and Hulk Hogan, despite the fact that Hogan and uh, The Butcher did not put out the greatest performance. But the following year... Mm, very um, loyal, huh? Very, very loyal to my WCW and starcade uh, Now,
0: were you confused at all about them being like WCW or WWF or were you smart enough to know the difference of WCW and WWF or did I you knew, differentiate?
1: I, I knew the difference between the two. I wasn't, okay. I didn't, yeah. I, I knew that, you know, one was a different um, company at, at, you know, 10, 11 years old. I didn't have any so, uh, any issues with it.
0: So, quick question. Did you, were you surprised that Hogan was in WCW?
1: Um... I was and I but I was also very happy too because um around the time that Hogan left and like the way wrestling was changing in 1993 I was having a hard transition when it came yeah. to to you know certain guys and the way wrestling was um you know Hulk Hogan was taken away from and like I said to you in our in in a previous episode where we talked Hogan and Macho Man were the two guys that that made me fall in love with wrestling and Hogan was taken away so quickly uh, at one point or another Um, and then they brought him back in 93 to do that Wrestlemania and then he left after the match with Yokozuna and I was like and and Yokozuna beat him and I was like you know I was used to Hogan always (laughs) the hero was always going to get the win you know and yeah. so when he came back to WCW, I was like, well, it's, you know, when he made his debut, I should say with them, it was like, well, it's Hulk Hogan and he's my hero. And so even if it's for a different company, I could see the match with him and Ric Flair that I never got to see at WrestleMania eight that I've nice. always, that I always wanted to see. So that's how I kind of looked at it when it came to, to, to Hogan and his time in WCW in the beginning.
0: That's cool. I, I always just like adding a little detail into like our, um, Fandom, you know, so everybody else oh, knows where we're coming from and everything. Oh, so moving it. right along, uh, Starcade '95. This is amazing for me as a mark now, <laughs> uh, because it's 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 WCW versus NJPW New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. Wow, I mean, like think of that. You you wouldn't get that now, like WWE versus NJPW. Oh, certainly. Not.
1: Yeah. It was um it was it was pretty cool uh when it when it took place. I I dug it. The, you know, the the World Series of Wrestling or the World Cup of Wrestling, I think it was they called it. Um, Were you
0: following at this time?
1: I was. Yeah. I, I was okay. following. I was and and it was it was kind of a even though I didn't expect it or see it coming, it was kind of a breath of fresh air because I was kind of getting tired of the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Um, so, I, I thought see this why was kind of a this up Yeah. Yeah. And I I was I was still baffled though that like Hogan wasn't a part of it. And, right. Right. Yeah, I was like, why isn't you know he's the biggest he's the most popular guy in WCW. Why isn't he on the team?
2: But Dude, brother, I got I got movies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that that's not gonna work There's for me, There's a brother. thunder in
0: paradise. <laughs> and Santa and with that muscles. lightning Yeah, that lightning bolt ain't striking here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jushin Thunder li- Liger um, Yeah, speaking of Jushin Thunder Liger versus Chris Benoit I mean, fuck Like, that's on this card
2: Yeah, I mean agree like, th-
0: Think of all these matches That are on here Like, we get Kanemoto versus Alex Wright Lex Luger versus Chono Holy yeah. shit I mean, they don't like They're not up To what you would think. I mean, like, not most of them. Uh, Johnny B. Bad versus Masa Saito. That's. Which, which, by
1: the way, I didn't think that was going to be a good match at all. And that reminded me of, like, just a good old fashioned fight. Like, those yeah. two. Like, they were just. That was a brawl.
0: Con- yeah. It was, but it was a different fight brawl. for Johnny B. Bad.
1: Yeah, there were two different contrasting styles between the two, and I thought it was great, and I really enjoyed it. And there were parts of me watching it back just the other day where I was like – Saito is definitely no selling Johnny B. Bad's punches, but he was but Johnny B. He was giving it to Johnny B. Bad, and I think Johnny B. Bad realized in that match, like, all right, I got I kind of got to get a little more physical with him. I can't, you know, just <laughs> I, I I can't, you know, work a I can't work, you know, my normal style. I got to get a little more physical, and he brought it, man. It was it was a, it was a yeah, lot of fun. I, I I enjoyed that match. That that was the sleeper for me. That was a sleeper match for me on Starcade '95. Yeah.
0: This uh this whole card though was like reminiscent of um a WCW versus uh, the World Tour like video game. Yes. Or uh like you know something like that extent like virtual pro wrestler. Okay. Like that extent like yep. uh just because like the whole card was stacked with like Super Guy versus Super Guy um like from each each promotion. We yeah. get Otani versus Guerrero, which oh, is a fucking match. incredible
1: match, man. That's probably the best match of the night on the, on yes. the cards, in my opinion.
0: I agree. Uh, just off the ropes, uh, chain wrestling, you get Lucha, you get Strong Style, you get everything. You get submission. Like, it's all there.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I, I, and- I thought
1: it was interesting that Savage worked in the World Cup as the champion and then he had to defend the title later. I thought that was interesting. I,
0: I loved that concept though. As a child um I thought it was always like for the main show it would be like like three guys go against another three guys and uh-huh. then those winners go on to face each other at the end of the show. Like I always loved like Starcade 89, like Future Shock. Okay. Do you remember that?
1: I remember. I've never watched it, but they had the t- the round robin tournament. Yes. With, uh, yeah. With like yeah. it was a tag team tournament and there was like a singles tournament if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah.
0: I fell in love with that stuff, man. Um yeah. and it was just like it was here in this. You could feel it. Yeah. Um, so Randy Savage defeats Tenzan in an incredible match. Um, and then you get Sting defeating Suzaki. Suzaki. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, in, in a submission as well.
1: Yeah. No, it was. It was overall. I thought this show was a lot of fun and a, a Starcade that is very underappreciated by a lot of fans. I don't think it gets talked about enough. I mean, when people think Starcade, they think of, you know, the early stuff with Flair and then like, you know, 97 with Sting and Hogan and then the the the, the Goldberg and uh, Nash mm-hmm. from 98. Um but this one doesn't really get talked about enough. And when I watched it back earlier this week, I was like, 35 now, I was like, wow, I really enjoyed that. Imagine what I would have been like at you know, twelve years old when if I were to if I were to have watched this then. Like I would have been blown away. I think
0: this is like months removed from uh Flair doing the World's Collide or the Collision course with um uh I forget which Japanese promotion. Fujinami. but I, yes. was,
1: uh, but I think it was but I think he he wrestled uh, Tatsumi Fujinami in North Korea mm-hmm.
0: and That's 95, I, right?
1: Yeah, that's ninety. That was in like the spring of 95. I Yeah, so that's earlier was, this year. Was that for New Japan? <sighs> it must have been.
0: Uh Fujinami was a New Japan guy, so it must have been.
1: Okay. Yeah, must have been so for New Japan. So then
0: huh? we get the the concluded like story of Flair throughout this whole like World Cup, where like Hogan is not prevalent at all, which you spoke of earlier. Ric Flair defeats Lex Luger and Sting by some count-out like clusterfuck and becomes the number one contender and continues on to face Randy Savage for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Like, what the fuck?
1: No, it was, I mean... The, the 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 story obviously was you know Sting and, and Luger's um, relationship and how yes a few months prior luger had you know turned on sting's friend hogan but sting still kind of had an allegiance he was kind of the middleman but at the same time like he could understand why people didn't trust luger even though he trusted luger but he was going to get a title shot so now he was having his doubts because wow what was luger going to do to him in that match and i think i think it worked out really well obviously you know in flair's advantage to eventually um face macho man for the title at the end of the night which you know those two had nat- a natural rivalry and chemistry with each other so it just made sense but um yeah overall and like I said that show was probably like I said the, uh, one of the underappreciated starcades and I watched it top to bottom recently the other day and I was I thought it was great
0: well we didn't do a overall score for 94 we can do both simultaneously huh. right now we can do uh Ninety four for me was uh, two.
1: Yeah, I was going to be kind and say three, but you know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll jump on the 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 two train with you and right, give it two. a two as well.
0: The two train. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go with ninety five. Uh, what do you give that?
1: I'm going to give it an eight. Eight? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it an eight because Dude, I thought the I'm, I thought I'm, I thought the I'm concept hop was right good. on
0: you. I'm gonna yeah. hop right on you if they. Uh, so go ahead and you you carried away with the details.
1: Yeah, I mean the the concept in and of itself, the World Cup of Wrestling, it was just something different. It was a breath of fresh air. Uh, most of the storylines were dominated by you know Hogan against the Dungeon of Doom, and I love Hogan, but um, I just didn't. I, I just wasn't impressed with it anymore. Like I really wasn't like the whole Dungeon of Doom thing, and so the the the. The international feel of it, with you know New Japan coming in, then of course you know the the, the title match stakes with Flair and and Savage and yeah, it, it was just a, it was just a really really fun show. I, yeah, I loved can't it. say enough good about it. Yeah,
0: it was a lot of stakes, a lot of stakes. Um, and and to continue what you said, it was like the Hogan and Dungeon of Doom thing. Like they have all these continuing storylines, but they're not prevalent on that show which makes it like a lot better. Um that's one thing I will say for WCW what they did for me. Like I enjoyed having different cards have a theme for a show. Yeah. Um if you're there with me like it's like playing a video game like you have like 70 characters you're only going to play with a couple at a time. So, uh, Uh and then the next, you know, week you'll play with the other ones or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so they set it up in a good way for WCW then, but just the television at the time, it just was not, yeah, just, yeah. Hard to, hard to keep track.
1: Yeah, no, it certainly was. But I think also too, um, I could be wrong, but this is just a theory of mine. I think too it was because they were kind of doing like a little like invasion of, of, mm-hmm. of New Japan into WCW. I think this was like almost like a like a, a dry run of what the NWO storyline was going to be true. like, true. Um, true. With the, with the whole invasion element that 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 had behind it, but true. Even um, though
0: they wouldn't follow through in any of the uh, booking, but yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NWO era then, I guess, right? And as we venture on the day, December 27th, uh Twenty years ago, basically, you covered already Starcade 1998. Yes, on kicking out at two, right? Yeah, I
1: did as uh, as a watch along. Uh, my brother Daryl and I okay. joined uh, forces, and uh, we we watched the entire event cover to cover. <clears throat> excuse me, nice. Starcade 1998. You can find that over at SoundCloud.com. Search kicking out at two and Starcade 1998 watch along. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I know sometimes watch alongs can uh, be a little time consuming, but with the holiday break. Uh, I figured some people might be home from work, not working this week, so they have the opportunity to sit down and watch exactly. it and uh and, and partake in our alternate commentary. And uh from from doing the watch along uh with my brother Daryl and going back and watching Starcade ninety eight, I was um I, I felt the same way I did twenty years ago regarding the card itself, and I thought that it wasn't a very good Starcade. It was like no. It was like uh, either a really good episode of Nitro or the greatest episode of WCW Thunder there ever was. Because you had.
0: I, I'm going to go with the latter. You were,
1: okay, that's perfect. Then this is probably the best WCW Thunder you will ever watch in the history of wrestling. I mean, you had, you know, the opening match was great. The cruiserweight championship with uh, Hoovy and Kidman and Ray. Then they they did an impromptu cruiserweight match with Kidman and Eddie Guerrero. And and Eddie
0: Guerrero wrestling with
1: one shoe. Yes, hiking boots, jeans, and an LWO tank top. I mean, and that mullet. He was definitely a fashion maven in 1998. Uh, Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I was just, I wasn't impressed with the, with the, there was good parts of the show, and then there was really bad parts of the show and The really bad parts kind of came in the middle of that show um, and I'm mm-hmm. referring to uh there were three matches and If you go back and you listen to it to the watch along <laughs> um i'm like beside myself that that they even thought of doing such a thing and uh, putting these matches on starcade of all of all shows uh considering the yeah
0: and with the considering the roster that they had right?
1: yeah, the depth of talent that was on that roster, i mean you know. I get it. Sting was injured, and they were doing some publicity stunt with Hogan, so Hogan wasn't on the card. But, I mean, you had so many other guys. Bret Hart, I believe, was injured, even though he made an appearance on this card. So much talent that you had on your payroll— and they're just sitting at home collecting a check while the rest of us are paying twenty nine ninety five to watch Jerry fucking Flynn and Fit Finley take on the NWOB team of Brian Adams and Scott <laughs> Norton with Virgil at ringside. I mean that 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 was definitely yeah. worth the price of admission at long. <laughs>
0: yep. I, I, I mean there were like. Towards the end of the card, you kind of get the highlights of the, of the event, and they're, they're not the highest of lights at all, no. but uh, there's some decent matches. Um, the one that surprised me, really, was Eric Bischoff beating Ric Flair. Now, did it, su- um,
1: did it surprise yeah. you because of the finish or the quality of the match?
0: <laughs> the finish was okay. a mess, <laughs> but uh, just the quality of, of what Flair was able to give Eric. In that match Uh Um, You you know Eric not being a Trained professional wrestler And usually Rick is one of the guys That it's like if if you're not cutting it in the ring he's he's not going to give it to you that much mm-hmm. but uh he was giving him a lot in that match
1: yeah i thought it was a i mean i thought it was a pretty solid match it was kind of <laughs> like a repeat of the year before when uh when uh, bischoff wrestled zabisco at starcade 97 yes. um but this yep. was a little bit more of a personal rivalry um i didn't feel it as much as i did the year prior because there was more on the line in that match with bischoff and zabisco um as opposed yeah. to the one with with him and flair um
0: I didn't have a po- yeah. I was hyped around about the the Zabisco and uh, Bischoff one. That was great. Yeah,
1: yeah, with like Nitro being on the line, um, and and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. But there wasn't a stipulation involved in this match, and I, I get why they went with that finish. Um, it was nineteen ninety eight. There was a ratings war. <laughs> You needed a hook to come into Monday Nitro to get people to watch, and I didn't. Have, as a kid, I didn't have a problem with Bischoff beating Flair in the manner that he did. He got help from the NWO. He's a slime, he's a, a slime ball, a scumbag. He's gonna find a way to, to 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 get out of that sticky situation with Ric Flair. Most wrestling fans to this day are still outraged. How the hell could Eric Bischoff beat Ric Flair? It's a fucking story. Like they're, they're just, right. you know what I mean? Like they went the next night. And they put Bischoff's job on the line, and Flair ended up beating him and becoming the president of WCW. So all was right in the world. I mean, I don't understand why he yeah. had to win at Starcade. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't it, – it's a story.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's Ric Flair's stomping ground. It's, but, yeah, I, I, I get you. It's, it's part of the story. Um, as long as they cash it in, WCW was known to have stories that had like twists and everything, and then they would never cash in on it. Um, you know, they would start going in the direction and then just completely ignore it. Um, but this, they, they did it. They salvaged the next night. Um, so yeah, big, big turn up there for them. All right. Another one that kind of caught me by surprise too, DDP and the giant, um, just, a better match than I thought they could have.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I wasn't expecting a uh, a, a, a knockdown out affair between the two of them, but I liked the story that that they were telling in the weeks leading up to the match and even in the matches. How is DDP going to get the diamond... How is he going to put the big giant in the diamond cutter? And mm-hmm. I thought that was the more appealing, intriguing part. And to me, that's the beauty of wrestling is that like it doesn't have to be... A technical wrestling classic to to, to get people's attention. You got to have a good story in there at some point too, and I thought that was a really good story. Yep. That this big seven foot four, five hundred pound giant um, is so imposing that the master, of the diamond cutter, there's a chance he could not get that diamond cutter on him, and I thought that that was that was the beauty of that story. Um, I could have done without Bret Hart. To be quite yeah. honest with you. Um, and I've talked about Brett on my show before and his time in WCW, but um I could have done without him in this. I didn't really like him in the NWO to begin with. I thought he right. I thought he was bigger than the NWO. He didn't need the NWO and the NWO didn't need him. And I just thought if he's not wrestling on the card, why are you having him do a run in? Like you're just better off leaving him off the card in that capacity, you know? Yeah. Um, but I enjoy
0: like I, look who we have here.
1: Yeah. I mean, he showed up just to do the spot where he hit him with the chair, and then that was the end of it, really. Um, and then you know, mm-hmm. Page put the diamond cutter on him, and it was all said and done. And it got a great pop. I mean, the place blew up when he hit that diamond cutter. Um, oh yeah, but
0: I, that's when it was still hot. Yeah, uh, I oh, think yeah. ninety eight and ninety seven is one of the best years for Diamond Dallas Page or a wrestler in general. Um, just if you go back and watch it, just a lot of a lot of brawling tactics in his matches but a lot of um a lot of psychology stuff too the way he was worked in as the counterpoint to the nwo yeah you know he was like the austin of wcw
1: yeah he was like the blue collar hard-working man that you know that was trying to (laughs) trying to uh you know uh climb up the ladder in wcw and he had the nwo as as his biggest obstacle and uh he was someone (laughs) that like you could you could easily relate to. You know what I mean? A guy who's been through yep. it all, the good and the bad. Now he's trying to turn things around. He's starting to gain momentum and then out of nowhere the NWO just kind of you know pulls the rug out from under him, but he still keeps fighting back for more. And Paige was an easily relatable character to to probably the majority of uh, that core mm-hmm. audience of WCW. Just the, the blue collar hard working man.
0: Yep. Okay, last and certainly not least, Kevin Nash beating Goldberg, ending the streak. Uh, 15 months, 173 matches. Goldberg goes down for the jackknife brother uh, after Scott Hall tases him with the hokiest gimmick. I just remember watching this live and being really disappointed. This was one of the turnoff points of WCW for me. Um, it was like... This and then coupling with another thing after another thing after another thing, and I was just like, okay, I I gotta go. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I didn't mind that he ended the streak, I was a Kevin Nash fan at the time, but the just again, the follow up afterwards, it wasn't it it didn't last long at all (laughs) because you would go on to cover the finger poke of doom. Yeah, yeah. Which would spiral right into this. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we're going to actually, we're going to be covering that on uh, the January 2nd edition of Kicking Out of Two in our Trading Places series where we're going to play a little role reversal with not only the finger poke of doom, but uh, Mick Foley's world title win that same night on January 4th, 1999. What happens if Hulk Hogan didn't finger poke Nash? And what happens if Nash didn't lie down? Or what happens if The Rock retained the WWF title? You can check that out over at soundcloud.com next week uh, trading places finger poke of doom versus Mick Foley's world title win but yeah to kind of go back sorry for the cheap book but uh, to kind of no, go back a do little here. bit um, to your point earlier where you mentioned that you know they had great twists and turns in their storylines but there was never any follow up um, right. I'm on the opposite end of the fence here when it comes to the finish I didn't mind the cattle prod and and okay. it being, you know, you, you claimed it was being hokey. I didn't care for Disco Inferno or Bam Bam Bigelow's involvement, but I get that they were part of, they were there to facilitate the introduction of the cattle prod with Scott Hall. Um, if right. You know what I mean? Like, their distraction caused Hall to to jump in. I get the logic behind Hall's involvement in that finish. Earlier in the evening, he talked about 1998 not being a good year. He cut a promo in the middle of the ring. That was another thing. He wasn't even on the card in a match. He cut a promo, and then he, <laughs> and then he did this spot at the end. Like, if you put Scott Hall in a match with... I'd say Bam Bam Bigelow, you know what I mean? That would have been a, a solid mid-card match to put on Starcade. You know, something that that yeah. you know what I mean? Instead of, you know, Prince Iakea and Norman Smiley. I mean, come on. But um to kind of get, <laughs> you know, not to not to lose track here, uh Hall I, I The theory and the logic behind it is that he was trying to do something, or at least as as a fan, we thought he was trying to do something to make up for his damaged friendship with Kevin Nash. And the best thing he could do is help him win the World Heavyweight Championship um, by screwing Goldberg over. And what I liked about the cattle prod thing was the fact that in wrestling, you get the brass knuckles, you get a chair back then they started using tables. You had your standard wrestling gimmick mm-hmm. weapons that you would use in a match to decide the the victor. This one was a little right. bit different and that 's what I liked about it is that it was different. People make like you said, you call it hokey. Um, the most recent uh, episode of uh, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, he said he would have eliminated the cattle prod as a part of the finish. I didn't mind it at all. Um, it, like I said, it was something different, and it caught you by surprise. It still got people talking to this day. So, I mean, it, it definitely had some kind of effect, whether it was good or bad, on wrestling fans, you know, 20 years later. But um, if there was better follow-through with this story, and, and I'll get into that on next week's kicking out of two with uh, the finger poke mm-hmm. of doom. Um, I think this would have been received better. I like you, big Kevin Nash fan, one of my top five favorites of all time. Um, yeah. And I felt like he was the most with aside from maybe diamond Dallas page and sting. He was probably one of the most believable characters that you could say, I could see that guy in the Goldberg streak. And he did. And, They intermingled his issues with Scott Hall into the mix. Like, I think it could have worked out better if there was a a, a better follow-up from it all. But I didn't mind it at all, and I thought it would have told a better story to see Goldberg come back. Because even as a teenager, as cool as the streak was, and seeing him mow through all those guys, it got to a point where at 14 years old, I was like, all right, man, like, you know, he, mm-hmm. Who else is he going to beat it? Who are they going to dig up yeah. to, to have him defeat? he well, like continue you said, to streak, the, big you know? thing,
0: the big thing that I wanted for me, I wanted Brett and Goldberg, which they went the next year. Yeah. But they went in an ass-backwards way. Yeah. Um, you know? Uh, so they could have built it to where he was still beating people, and then he ultimately has to beat the guy from the other company. Yeah. Um,
1: they I mean in, yeah. in my opinion I mean I could see people getting behind it but at the same time like how how are you going to sustain another year of undefeated true you know what I mean if anything maybe and I'm not trying to play armchair booker here but maybe if they did a scenario where Goldberg was injured or they gave him some time off and they let him co- you know cool off a little bit and the fans kind of had that opportunity to um to miss him and then he were to right. come back and and say you know what I was injured. Nobody's <laughs> ever beat me. I'm still undefeated and you know, I yeah, want that title and then let's say Brett has the title and then that's how they could have gone in that, you know, from that direction. Yep. Um, I just yeah. feel like another year of of being undefeated would have really I mean, people were already starting to to to, you know, wear off the Goldberg effect with that undefeated streak. So I mean, another year might have might have maybe even put him in uh you know character purgatory
0: <laughs> agreed agreed um okay so you cover you cover the rest of Starcade 1998 you follow it you do watch along yep. all the way through on your show kicking out at 2 on SoundCloud um anything else from this day that we have highlighted
1: no, man. I mean, we've covered birthdays, you know, Happy Birthday to Cesaro, China, Bart Gunn, even Goldberg had a birthday. We covered Starcade 93, 94, 95, 98. We covered Vader's debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Squash and Antonio Inoki. I think we've covered it all when it comes to December 27th in the history of pro wrestling. I can't really figure out if we've missed anything.
0: I've got one more thing, brother dude. What's that? In this day, in 1983... Hulk Hogan made his return to WWF. Uh, he was on TV, had a match. This was also where they aired the match between Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund, where Bob Backlund submitted or was had had to quit the match due to the Iron Sheik's camel clutch and camel clutch win. Jabroni, uh, yeah. Oh wow! Iron Sheik became the WWF There's champion. that the and when uh, Hulk Arnold Hogan appeared threw in the towel. Yep.
1: Okay. And so Hogan so Hogan debuted on this date?
0: Yep. Wow. Interesting. Yep. This was the Put return, right? TV. From the AWA? This was the return. Okay. Yep. This was the big return. Wow. So this was all everything was set in motion right here, uh, whew, some thirty something years ago. Christ. And uh <laughs> yeah, uh, Hulkamania was born. I'm
1: one of the biggest Hulkamaniacs this side of the Northeast and <laughs> and I didn't even know that. Holy cow, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: Uh that, yeah, that's the little last detail. And with that being said, Hulkamania is dead, will return. We just recorded episode eleven, that's covering WrestleMania six. And there we're doing fantasy booking, taking everything's uh taking everything off the hands of Vince McMahon and you know, we're doing the booking. Um, Yeah, so you can find that at RetroMania. That'll be coming out right following this episode of Marking Out the Days. And I think we've done our due diligence here, Dave. This is a long one. I I appreciate you sticking in there with me.
1: Oh, man, this has been a lot of fun, and I look forward to... uh our, our, our continued collaboration here on marking out the days. This was definitely a good time. Thank you so much for, uh, for, for, for allowing me to be a part of this. I I really look forward to many, many more.
0: Yes. As do I thank you again for joining me. I wouldn't have it any other way and, uh, we'll see you guys. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week, January 3rd. That's our day.
1: Yes, that's right. Next Thursday, January the third, uh, a lot taking place in the world of professional wrestling, in uh, Air I should say, wrestling history. On January the third, we will be celebrating a birthday of WWE Hall of Famer, good old JR Jim Ross.
0: All right, as, Boomer,
1: as Römer Schoner, and then <laughs> we will uh, we will also be discussing. Uh, events taking place on both wcw monday nitro and wwf raw is war from january 3rd 2000 but here's my favorite that i can't wait to discuss january 3rd 1987 saturday night's main event from my hometown of hartford connecticut what takes place on this special show One of my favorite steel cage matches of all time as a kid, Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, where they had the 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 dueling finish where both guys exited the cage at the same damn time. Also on that show, Roddy Piper versus adorable, adorable Adrian Adonis, Macho Man Randy Savage versus George the Animal Steel. Uh, Who else we got there?
0: Um, uh, Yeah, we'll run it all down next week.
1: Yeah, we can run it all down next week. I I don't want to waste everyone else's time. But, yeah, we got a loaded show for you guys next week. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Check it out next week, marking out the days with Kobe and myself.
0: And, Dave, where can we find you at, as always?
1: You can find me every single Wednesday, soundcloud.com. The show drops every single Wednesday. Like I said, we got the Starcade watch along right now. Next week we're gonna do trading places, finger poker doom versus Mick Foley's world title win. Every single Wednesday, soundcloud.com, kicking out at two. Social media, if you wanna join the fun, facebook.com forward slash Kicking out of two. Twitter. Our handle is at Kicking Out Two, K I C K N O U T, and the number two. All the fun taking place in retro format, kicking out at two.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah, and you've been posting a lot on Facebook recently. I like all the stuff and some of the gifts that you got for Christmas. Spoiler alert, we recorded this after Christmas. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was, uh, it, yeah, Christmas was very good to me, I, I will say. So, awesome, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll follow up on the next episode. But, yeah, as always, you can find me on Retromania. That's at Retromania with a W on Facebook. And we have a little community there. You can also find us on Twitter at Retromania Pod, And then you can always write to us at RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we're always on moleholeradio.com. And we'll be back with is Dead. And then we'll catch you next week with Marking Out the Days. Thanks, everybody.